I'm Brian Jennings for The Source Weekly, and we're talking to Kit Blackwelder of Bend. Kit is a builder of tiny homes for Tongue and Groove Builders and shares his concerns about City of Bend barriers to tiny homes. This is SourceCast. Uh, tell us, first of all, about the market for tiny homes uh, that you're seeing growing throughout Central Oregon now. Well, we feel that uh, there's quite a huge market. There's a lot of people that are interested in tiny homes. They they kind of they were born, I, I believe, out of uh, you know the recession and people hitting hard times and people thinking, you know, what do I need and what don't I need, and kind of simplifying and downsizing. Um, and then you come into areas where bend, where you have increasing property values and people have a hard time buying, affording, renting, or even finding a place to to rent. And uh, we think that there's a huge Huge niche that can be filled with tiny homes where it's not necessarily uh, apartments. It's not ADUs at in somebody's backyard. It's not people living in trailers on the streets or even on the streets. And it and it kind of fits in the, its own little niche. And there's quite a market for it you see growing. Yes, yes definitely. It's really popular on television. Um, there's plenty of shows about it. It's all over the web. You open up Facebook and somebody knows somebody who's done a tiny house and they have their pictures up. Including Portlandia. Oh, definitely Portlandia, yeah. <laughs> Which put it on the map, obviously, as, as being a very cool trend. Tell us about this structure here. We're, we're standing in a tiny house that's about 200 square feet. Describe it, to, if you would. So this is set up for uh, one to two people. Maybe they have a cat, maybe they don't. Uh, it's set up with a upper loft that has a queen-size bed and some little bookcases. You go down the ladder into the main floor, and there's a fairly open kitchen with cabinets on either side. One side holds a sink. The other side holds your uh, two-burner stove as well as a pantry and small refrigerator. Um, just beyond that is a small little bathroom that has a composting toilet, a miniature wall sink with a cabinet, and then a tile stand-in shower. It's quite elegant when you look at it here. Thank you. Thank you. We try and keep the finishes light and bright to kind of make the space feel bigger than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And the floor, it's its gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, we used a, a French pine. It's a little bit harder than a, a typical pine and has a little bit more resiliency and it's got great color and pops. Now, this sits on a trailer of 20 feet. And how many square feet? 200, you say? Yeah, just over 200 square feet. So when dealing with tiny homes, people count the square footage of the trailer and then whatever loft space you have above that. And what will the retail price of this unit be? This unit would be $55,000. You think, too, that tiny houses can also meet a growing crunch of housing that we see in Bend for affordable housing. What is going on in that arena? With the affordable housing, we've seen a huge push for um, relaxing of rules with the City of Bend and accessory dwelling units, which has happened um, to a certain degree. Uh, they've they've um, relaxed parking regulations. They've increased the size that you can build your ADU, and they've also relaxed the uh, the rules and, and regulations in regarding how many neighbors and who gets involved in the say of what you get to do with your property. And it's all great, but you still have SDCs and permitting costs on top of that, which puts a lot of people out of the market already. As soon as they get those SDCs, that's it. It just blew their budget. With a tiny house, um, there are no SDCs. Of course, 
with a tiny house, we don't really have a, a building code yet that we can follow in this city of Bend, such as some cities like Fresno, um, where they're adopting it and allowing tiny houses to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about SDCs, that, that reflects upon a general dwelling that the anybody would build on a lot. Correct. And that's about $17,000. The city is trying to enforce that even with tiny Home builders? Well, tiny home builders, um, right now we're, we're in a gray area. There is no legal code or building code that allows for tiny homes to be in the city limits. There's no code that says that tiny homes can't be in the city limits. So what, we're, what we'd like to do is get the conversation going and, and have the city understand that, yes, this does fill a niche. No, not everybody's going to go out and buy a tiny home, but it, they do fit in neighborhoods. They're low impact. They solve part of the housing crisis, student housing, uh, mother-in-law housing, uh, retirees, people trying to downsize. So there's a lot of people out there that could live in them, but we need to have that code developed. Where is it now in process? I don't think it's anywhere. I, I, we've tried um, to have some conversations with uh, various people in the city. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we're getting some traction and, hey, that's a great idea. You know, we hear and we don't hear anything back for weeks and we send emails out and, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll come check out your tiny house and we'll see it. And we'll send some counselors down there. Or we'll send the building department down. They can look at it. And we never hear back from them. They're also trying to, to solve this affordable housing crisis. And they admit it's a crisis. The city does. Um, with uh, micro-housing and high-density uh, housing construction. But your contention is is that building a tiny house really would only take 10 to 12 weeks and could solve a housing crisis, affordable housing crisis, really quickly. Sure, sure. I mean, and, and it's not going to be where you're going to have a tiny house on every lot. Uh, there's plenty of lots that you know don't have room for it. There's plenty of neighborhoods that have homeowners associations and rules that wouldn't allow for it. And we understand that. They're not going to fit everywhere. However, every little bit helps with every person out there that's trying to be um, part of the community and they need a place to live. So mm-hmm. um, say your average bartender or ski bum, which our town is built around working class people, um, if they can't afford a place, then where can they where can they work? Where can they live? And so if we have tiny homes available then people can work, they can live, they can sustain on their limited income. And you would like to see the city uh, adopt zoning regulations that you would be able to build about four of these or locate four of these on a regular city lot. And by that, we're talking 50 to 100 feet regular city lot. Is that correct? Yeah, if we could. Now, just recently, the city had adopted a cottage code. And the cottage code starts out um, with... Basic, the basic minimums and maximums allowed. And I want to say off the top of my head, it's minimum of 400 square feet per cottage, and it's a minimum of four cottages per acre. And then it goes into setbacks and eaves, and there's quite a few r- rules and regulations, and I understand it. Um, so we went ahead and put it together with a good friend of ours who works in the surveying business, and we put together a digital CAD file document that we went ahead and forwarded onto the city showing how we could almost but not quite meet all their rules and regulations on a 50 by 100 foot city lot 5,000 square feet for 
400 foot microstructures. Whether they be on trailers or stick built, it didn't matter to us. We wanted to make sure that we could puzzle piece them in with the required common space and parking. And and um, our reply back from the city after three weeks was, well, that looks great, but it'll never work because it's not an acre. And at that point, we all kind of slapped our heads with our palms and said, oh my gosh, it was so it was ambiguous at the beginning of the code, but now it's so clear you have to have an acre. So if you're going to build tiny homes or tiny cottages, you have to start with a bare acre in the city of Bend. And I don't know who has that um, besides a developer that already has plans or somebody that you know has plenty of money. So where do we go from here? How do we make this work on smaller, regular city lots? How much better could the city be doing economically if it had housing that young people and and people in the service industry who would love to be here could find? They're moving away. Well, I think it would help us out a lot. At some point, if we can't solve the housing crisis, then who's going to serve your food when you go to the restaurant? Who's going to take your ticket when you go to the movies? Who's going to service your lifts at Mount Bachelor when you go skiing. So there's plenty of jobs out there that people do get paid for, but they don't get paid enough to live in the city of Bend anymore. That's that's why Redmond has a steady stream of traffic every morning going southbound to Bend. And now Redmond is starting to uh, so-called blow up. So, Does the city of Redmond's uh, coding, um, is it different from Bend? Do you know? It is different, but we have not gone into detail with, with Redmond. Being that we're based in Bend, Bend is our hometown, um, we, we want to we start and make the change here. And, and if other cities go ahead and adopt what we've done or, or follow suit, then I think it's great. But if we want to look to an example of a city that has done something that encourages tiny home building and concentration of homes on inner city lots, the city of Portland would be one of those cities. The city of Portland is one of them. Um, As far as I know right now, unless they've changed something within the last couple weeks, they still don't have coding for tiny homes on wheels. They've just kind of turned a blind eye to it and people do it. Now, city of Fresno, California, they have code for tiny homes on wheels and they're moving forward with it as are other cities throughout the United States. But uh, but as far as code in Bend for a house on wheels, it's not there. We we need it. People people move here because it's beautiful, because there's plenty of things to do, but people don't necessarily move here for the jobs. I'm Brian Jennings for The Source Weekly, and you've been listening to SourceCast, also online at bendsource.com. <laughs>